I'm Ronnie Minnick with Ronnie Minnick Farms in Hondo, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thank you so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we're looking at reaction to the new appointments to the House Agriculture Committee. Two Texas Republicans will be on the committee in this coming Congress, and we have Texas Republicans in other leadership positions in the House that are important to agriculture. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A lot of our rangeland in the Texas High Plains is in very bad shape. And full recovery could take quite a while, even when our drought does eventually end. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The launch of a new corn herbicide will allow farmers flexibility in controlling weeds in their cornfields. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We reported yesterday that two Texans have been selected to serve on the House Agriculture Committee in the new Congress. Congressman Ronnie Jackson, who represents the Panhandle and Rolling Plains, and Congresswoman Monica De La Cruz from the Rio Grande Valley. Laramie Adams, National Legislative Director for the Texas Farm Bureau, says Jackson is a great pick for the committee. We're very excited to have uh, Congressman Jackson named to the Ag Committee. Uh, he does have a huge ag district, uh, actually the top in the state and one of the top in the nation as far as ag production goes. So it's very important to his district. We've worked with him on a number of issues. What we like about Congressman Jackson is when we come to him with an issue that's facing farmers and ranchers, he tries to address it legislatively, puts together good, solid, common sense legislation and gets it passed. Uh, we worked on drought and disaster assistance with him, and he put together a bill that ended up passing that provided the what was called WIP Plus back a few years ago, and that uh, assisted everyone in disaster assistance that was terribly needed at the time and has continued to be an advocate even for the newest emergency relief program, getting that funded as well. That's just one example of how Congressman Jackson has helped us in ag, and we're just really excited that he'll be on the committee officially now and at the table with Chairman G.T. Thompson uh, trying to help shape a really good farm bill that works for everyone in Texas. Well, Laramie, we don't know quite as much about Congresswoman Monica De La Cruz. She is a newcomer to Congress. What do you think she has to offer on behalf of Texas agriculture? Congresswoman De La Cruz, uh, we supported her from day one, backed her in her campaign, and she won handedly. And we're really excited to have her on board. 
She has been a go-getter with the agriculture community. She's reached out to us at Texas Farm Bureau and done a number of visits with our farmers and ranchers in her district. I know that she's going to put that all to use as a new member of the Ag Committee. So we're glad that she's on board and uh, look forward to working with her more. She's already made it a point to reach out to her farmers and ranchers in the district and make sure that they know that she's on the committee. Uh, She looks forward to working to get a new farm bill and working on other important issues. So we're really glad to have Congressman Dela Cruz in Congress, uh, but then even further, having her on the Ag Committee and also financial services is always great. Well, we do tend to talk a lot about the Agriculture Committee in Congress, but there are other committees that affect agriculture as well, and one of those that comes to mind is the Budget Committee. We had word last week that Texas Congressman Jody Arrington will be the new chairman of that committee, and that has to be good news for Texas agriculture. Yeah, Congressman Arrington is a longtime friend and has been engaged not only in Texas but across the country, really dug in to make sure that farmers and ranchers are uh, taken care of, and we are so glad that he's going to be on the budget committee. Uh, It's not just about the Ag Committee. You know, it's important that we have the resources available to us as we look at the Farm Bill, and so having Congressman Arrington in place in a position where he can help shape some of those conversations and be a voice for agriculture at the Budget Committee is really key. He'll still have a very good seat at the table on this farm bill. Again, he represents a very large ag district and has always done what's best for our farmers and ranchers, uh, regardless of where they're located in the state. Another very important committee in Congress and to agriculture, the Appropriations Committee. Congresswoman Kay Granger of Fort Worth will be chairing that, and that has to be great news in a farm bill year. Absolutely. Uh, Again, uh, talking about resources, Congresswoman Kay Granger is is another good friend of ours. And we're actually sitting pretty well in Texas, I'd say, to have a chairwoman of appropriations is huge. That's an A committee. And uh, for good reason, that's uh, who controls the purse strings and figures out how we're going to appropriate the funds. And that's going to be key as uh, we look at farm policy as well and making sure that the overall safety net of farmers and ranchers is taken care of, whether it's from farm policy, crop insurance, uh, other assistance, but then also our animal health issues that we work very closely with the appropriators on. We have a really good advocate in place as chairwoman to do that. That's Laramie Adams, National Legislative Director for the Texas Farm Bureau. A Texas veterinarian is chosen to lead the Cattle Health Committee of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. NCBA appointed Dr. Tom Portillo of Amarillo to chair the committee earlier this week. The Cattle Health and Well-Being Committee has jurisdiction over NCBA policies involving animal health, animal welfare, veterinary research, disease prevention, and other related issues. He's been involved in the cattle industry professionally for over 20 years and has experiences in many areas of cattle health, including private practice, feed yard consulting, technical services veterinarian for a pharmaceutical company, and as director of animal health for a large cattle feeding company. A lot of rangeland across Texas is in very bad shape. James Hunt tells us full recovery of those rangelands will take quite a while even when the drought finally ends. For much of Texas High Plains agriculture, when we do finally break out of our long-running drought, the situation could improve fairly quickly, especially for things like row crops. 
but that probably won't be true for a lot of our rangeland. Hemphill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway tells me how soon ranchers can look at restocking herds will come down in large measure to their own individual stewardship of the land. I've seen country around the, in the high plains here, the Texas Panhandle, that's terribly overgrazed. When we do start getting rain, that country's going to green up in a hurry. But James, it literally may take years for that country to really fully recover. Now, whether or not their landowners will wait that kind of time, most of them won't. But if you really want to be frank and honest about it, when you overgraze and you abuse that range, that affects your soil, that affects all kinds of things that relate to our grass production. Now, these ranchers that have been good stewards and that have still got grass, when it goes to raining again, that's a totally different situation. Those guys can get back to normal pretty quickly once we do start getting moisture. But even those guys are going to need to be careful about their stocking rates. Those comments from Hemp Hill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway, who is incidentally very busy getting ready for the annual Hemp Hill County Beef Conference, coming up April 25th and 26th in Canadian. Always a big event, and we'll have a preview in an upcoming report. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas corn farmers will have a new corn herbicide available this year. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Eric Garcia is product manager for the herbicide portfolio at Valent USA. He talks about the new Maverick corn herbicide available for Texas farmers this year. So Maverick will provide effective and dependable weed control on a wide variety of weeds that growers are facing. Uh, plus, it provides great flexibility being applied from pre-plant incorporated all the way up through 18 inch corn. So one of the key things with uh, Maverick is its flexibility, right? So depending on your soil type, pH, rate range can go anywhere from 14 fluid ounces all the way up to 32 fluid ounces per acre. Obviously we always want to make sure we're reading the label and making sure that whatever we were trying to control or whatever environment we're in, growers are using the right labeled rates. With Maverick, we are launching it in 2023, but for the 2024 use season, you know, they'll be able to uh, book it and make their purchases during the summer of 2023. Yeah, so in order to find out more about Maverick, its great benefits and the control it can provide to growers, visit us at valent.com slash maverick. Most growers may know Valent from our soybean side of things with our fierce portfolio of products. Uh, Maverick is really our first true corn-focused herbicide. We're really excited about this, uh, just like with any other product. And I think what makes the most sense is our motto, right? Products that work from people who care. So Maverick, again, can be applied anywhere from pre-plant incorporated all the way up to 18-inch corn. So whether you're looking to make a post-only application, a pre-emergence, or a sequential split, Maverick has that flexibility, again, to meet those growers' needs. That is Eric Garcia, Herbicide Portfolio Product Manager with Valent USA. I'm Tom Nicoletti for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission will hear from experts on white nose syndrome, chronic wasting disease management in Texas, proposed hunting and fishing regulation changes, and the state's newest state park next week. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there's a new FDA-approved product to treat arthritis in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next 
right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There is a new FDA-approved product to treat arthritis in horses. Dr. Bob Judd says it has been available in the past, but only through compounding pharmacies. Pentosan is a heparin-like compound with anticoagulant and fibrinolytic effects. The mechanisms of its effects in arthritis are unknown, but it is believed to include stimulation of hyaluronic acid and glycosaminoglycan in damaged joints. It is also believed to inhibit proteolytic enzymes that damage joint surfaces, scavenge free radicals, and modulate cytokine activity that leads to inflammation. The Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, indicates that the FDA-approved product is called Zycosan and is the first FDA-approved pentosan product for use in horses. The product contains 250 milligrams per vial and is injected once a week for four weeks. The product is in a single-use vial and there is no preservative, so any product remaining in the vials must be discarded. The FDA wants to remind everyone about the benefits of using FDA-approved products as these products have been demonstrated to be safe and effective for their intended use and have been manufactured to preserve the drug's identity, strength, quality, and purity. For FDA-approved products, there is data to support the drug is safe and effective for a specific use in the intended species, and the drug labeling is truthful and not misleading. On the other hand, compounded drugs compounded from bulk substances are not FDA-approved, and these drugs have not been validated by the FDA. The FDA also cannot verify absorption and bioavailability of unapproved products, and it is illegal to use compounded products when an FDA-approved product is available in the same form and strength. Using compounded products is necessary only when no FDA-approved product is available. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission will hear about several wildlife issues at their upcoming meeting next week. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. In just a few days, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission will meet in Austin to hear proposed changes to statewide hunting and fishing regulations. They'll be briefed on the state's newest state park and hear more from Parks and Wildlife Department staff on chronic wasting disease in Texas. On Wednesday, January 25th, the Parks and Wildlife Department staff will present their proposed changes to hunting and fishing regulations for the upcoming season. The proposals include prohibiting the retention of shortfin mako sharks in state waters, reducing the daily bag limit for cobia, closing the statewide light goose conservation order, and removing the harvest information program from point-of-sale license locations for migratory game bird hunters. 
If approved by the commission, those proposals will be published in the Texas Register and the department will accept comments from the public on them. The commission will also consider a fishing reciprocity agreement between Texas and Louisiana that would allow certain license holders to fish in the other state's regulated waters. Also during the work session Wednesday, the commission will receive a briefing from TPWD staff on chronic wasting disease management and potential regulatory strategies. Last year, the commission asked the staff to consider when and if CWD containment and surveillance zones may be removed. On Thursday, the commission will also be briefed on Texas' new estate park and state natural area development plans. There will also be a briefing on white-nose syndrome in bats. Both meetings start at 9 a.m. in Austin. The meetings can be viewed online or heard via teleconference. Details are available on the TPWD website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It is time for a look at the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded lower on Thursday due to marketplace pressure and weaker box beef earlier in the week, which traders say could indicate some slow demand. February live cattle down 85 cents to 155.95. April live cattle down $1.10 to 159.12. June live cattle down 87 cents to 156 even. January feeder cattle down $1.40 to 178.10. March feeder cattle down $1.62 to 180.10. April feeder cattle fell $1.15 to 185.15. Box beef was higher Thursday, choice up 35 cents to $274.43, select rose $1.90 to $255.76. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Gary Butler and crew sell cattle in Nixon every Monday. Gary, how was this last Monday's sale? Pretty good sale, Larry. We wind up with sixteen thirty-eight, one hundred sixty-five cows, nineteen bulls. Uh, market was a little softer, you know, softer in places, uh, but they still sold pretty dang good. Uh, two and three weight steers, a dollar eighty-one to two forty. Heifers, a dollar fifty to two thirty. Three and four weight steers, a dollar seventy-four to two fifty. Heifers, a dollar forty-nine to two thirteen. Four and five weight steers, dollar sixty-five to two twenty. Heifers, a dollar forty-six to two dollars. Six weight steers, a dollar fifty-five to two dollars. Heifers, a dollar forty-two to a dollar ninety-five. And six and seven weight steers, a dollar forty-six to a dollar ninety-five. Heifers, a dollar thirty-nine to a dollar eighty. Seven eight weight steers, bull yearlings, dollar thirty-one to dollar fifty-nine. And the heifers, a dollar one to a dollar thirty-five. Larry. 
best slaughter cow, 81. Uh, slaughter bulls, 86 to dollar 10. I had a few stocker cows. I uh, had one stocker cow bring up to 1100. Tiger stripe kind of cow, young cow. And the pair, we had one, well, we had a bunch of pairs, but uh, we only sold one as a pair. We split most of them, 1050, Larry. Now, what are we anticipating for this next week? Uh, Larry, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been predicting, you know, a thousand, eleven hundred, but we've been, we've been way over that, and that's due to the market and, and the drought. We, right. we, we're still, we're still in the drought down here where we're at, and uh, I imagine we'll have that uh, thousand to fifteen hundred again. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Nixon, for the Monday sale. You can catch us here at cell phone eight three zero five eight two fifteen sixty one or sixty two. Uh, catch me on mobile eight three zero eight five seven. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. February lean hogs down 67 cents to 76.65. April lean hogs down $1.80 to 84.40. January class 3 milk was even at 19.45 a hundredweight. February class 3 milk fell 12 cents to 18.32 a hundredweight. Cotton fell Thursday, despite news that China was seeing fewer COVID cases, which could increase cotton and oil demand. March cotton down 142 points to 83.39. May cotton down 132 points to 83.86. Corn was lower Thursday, pulling back from highs that we saw earlier in the week. Analysts say that could be due to a favorable forecast in Brazil and Argentina. March corn fell four to six seventy seven and a quarter. May corn fell four and a half to six seventy four and three quarters. September corn down five and a half to six eleven. March hard red wheat down nine and a half to eight thirty two. May hard red wheat down nine and a half to eight twenty seven and a half. February natural gas fell three cents to three twenty seven Thursday. March natural gas up a penny to three twelve. February crude oil up a dollar six to eighty fifty four. March crude oil up a dollar three to eighty eighty three a barrel. The Dow fell one hundred and seven points to thirty three thousand one hundred and eighty nine. The S and P five hundred fell ten points to three thousand nine hundred and eighteen. The Nasdaq fell forty. 10,916. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Be sure to join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.